Welcome to the Genuine Podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and subscribe if you like. Let's check into our current topic. People in that time wrote the way they spoke. People in our time will write the way we speak. It does not shorten nor get rid of the entirety of the gospel and the purpose of the gospel, nor does it get rid of the historical factorings and titles and placements of the Bible. For example, Calvary. That was a place that we describe, and it's it's inscribed, if you will, in doctrine in a sense. But you have to understand, if it's never explained or taught to somebody, you cannot evangelize somebody who's never listened to it. So you have to find something else that matters. So I'm going to give you two examples, Stephen and Philip. Okay? And Stephen, full of faith, this is uh, uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 8, going into chapter 7. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then arose a certain, then and then there arose a certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, the Cyrenians, the Alexandrians, and then of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Basically, they started arguing with him. Don't worry about where they were; those were just places. They were not able to resist the wisdom and spirit by which he spake, and they were educated people. Okay. Then the stubborn men, which said, "We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God." So they said he was speaking blasphemies because they couldn't keep up with him. And this was a guy who was who was not so educated in the sense of, of, um, of, of the way they were by seminary, if you would, today. Sorry, seminarians. But he was divinely given wisdom by God, which is how I am. So I went to Bible school, but I was kind of like this before then. Not bragging, just trying to explain myself. Okay, And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon them and caught him and brought him to the council. They set up false witnesses, which said, This man, Cephas, doesn't stop talking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. So the high priest says, Are these things so? I'm skipping a couple of verses. And Stephen says, Men and brethren, fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in uh, um, um, wherever that is. And said to them, Get out of your country and from your kindred, and come into the land which I shall show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, dwelt in, in there, um, and from then um, he went, when his father's dead, he removed, uh, he removed, sorry, I have this other name for this city, and it says a weird name, because it's old King James. He removed him into this land wherein you now dwell. And so he keeps going, right? So he keeps going through all the history, right? He's going to keep going through like, literally the whole history. Then verse 37 in chapter 7 of Acts, This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, Prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you for your brethren, like unto me, him you will hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel, which spake to him in the Mount Sinai with our fathers, who received the lively places, lively oracles uh, to give unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him and them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Now we're going to go on just a little bit. Um... I want to show. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. Verse fifty-one, chapter seven. Still, you're stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the Just One, of whom you have now been betrayers and murderers, who have received the law. 
by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Now that's Paul the Apostle, but it wasn't, wasn't then. Now, interesting thing. If you read the whole um, thing, he goes through the history, not only giving him credibility and understanding the process of history of what the Old Testament happened between Abraham and all the way through Moses and then Jesus, but he gives enough knowledge to help them know that he's not dumb. He knows what he's talking about. He has proof of it, and they still refuse to believe. And then the interesting thing is not only did he do miraculous signs and wonders, he also ends up having a vision and prophesying, and he also tells them that they didn't believe the prophets. Well, it's funny to me now that people will say, well, we believe the prophets, but you have to understand that the prophecies didn't come to pass immediately. They were prophesied by prophets, and sometimes it took two years, four years, 100 years, 700 years, 400 years to come to pass. And I find that there's so many denominational differences in us now that people say, well, prophecy is not for today. Well, it may not be for today, but if you speak it today, it may end up being done in 30 years or 50 years or something like that. Well, the question is, does that make somebody wrong because they speak it now and it doesn't happen tomorrow? No. But it's easy to believe that now because we just refuse to see that prophets might be real. So what I'm saying is if you stand against prophecy, you stand against the miracles and signs and wonders of God. Right now, you're just like those who stood against them then. God is not less powerful or less willing to do those things today as he was then. Just like he wasn't less willing to do those in Moses' day. But he doesn't do them because of unbelief. There was a moment where Jesus came into play and, and, and uh, not to play, like play around, but like he, he came into the scene. And he could not do miracles in his own city because people did not believe in him. It says he could do no mighty works there. This is Jesus, the Son of God. You know, what's crazy is people will believe, like, he's God. He can do anything. This was Jesus. He was completely divine when he was on the earth. That's not true. He laid aside, oh my gosh, I can feel that already. He laid aside his divine rights to become a man that he might show us what we could do. How could we do the works that he could do and greater if he was that divine? Hmm? It doesn't make sense. He had to have laid down his rights. He accepted the Holy Spirit in the same manner which we can. That means the same reaction he had, the same things that God spoke over him. He speaks over us when we receive the Holy Spirit and the same miracle signs and wonders that he did and also the apostles did and also the 72 did and also the 400 and the 2000 did and all the other experiences that you see in the church and also Cornelius and all his family and all the other people that are not in church but can receive the same exact things. Everybody who's a sinner right now or not saved or doesn't go to church has the same capability and the same rights to receiving the Holy Ghost and receiving Jesus just as we have. So to deny them that and, and to call ourselves better is not good because it's our job to point out the same grace, the same love, the same peace, the same power, the same freedom, the same understanding and wisdom and knowledge just like God gave Stephen is available to us. And Stephen said some things in his own way. He said it in a way to show them what you've seen in all this past, the things that you've studied and the things that you know, you still don't believe, but I believe them and I understand them because I've seen Jesus and now I believe Jesus because it's it's proof of that. Now, I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna keep going because I have this, <laughs> this thing. Okay, watch this. 
chapter 8, okay? Then Philip, another, another disciple here. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies or, or epilepsies and, and different, different sicknesses and things, that were lame, which means paralyzed, were healed. There was great joy in that city. Now watch this. But there was a certain man called Simon, some people say Simeon, but Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because of that, that of the long time he bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So he was baptized. This guy was baptized, the sorcerer. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard this Mary had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, who when they were calmed down, they, might, they prayed that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet he, had, he was fallen upon none of them, and only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, for those of you who fight two different baptisms, I mean, there it is. Talk about it another day. Then they laid their hands on him, and they received the Holy Ghost. When Simon saw that the, through the laying hands of the apostles, uh, uh, through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. So he still had a misunderstanding of how he could get these things. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you, because you have thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps that your heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in, thou art in the uh, gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity, which means that he, th he thought that the same way he received sorcery powers, the same way he receives the Holy Ghost, meaning it's paid for by wickedness, it's paid for by, by paying it off. You can't earn this. It's a free gift. But more than that, he was trying to use it for selfish purposes. He loved God. He got baptized. But he, and he wanted to do the same thing the apostles were doing. But if he would have had to buy it from them, he would have sold it to somebody else. And that's not the method of God. It's a free gift given to man to restore man unto himself, unto God. Okay. Now watch this. I want to go, this is what I was actually going to go to, and that, and that was just a part of Peter giving him the revelation in his current day of what was good and not good, right? So, verse 26, The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus died, okay, and God spoke to Philip, and he spoke to Ananias, Ananias was nobody, right? So they say. You don't hear about Ananias anymore. You you don't even hear about Barnabas yet until you end up later in the book. So people kind of keep coming in and out of the story and you keep hearing where God speaks to them. How is it that God doesn't speak to us today when all of those people died? Did they not pass it on? Wouldn't they pass on what was given to them? How did these people who believed and received the Holy Ghost the same way by the laying on of hands, those weren't apostles. The apostles were already apostles. So what happened to them? Did they not learn how to pass it on to? Did they not learn how to lay hands on somebody else and give the free gift of God as people believed and would receive? I don't see how any of this could have ceased 
when there were so many people being added to the church, so many people receiving the same gifts. If it, if they could receive the gifts, then we could receive the gifts. If you can get saved today, and salvation was accrued 2,000 years ago by Jesus, if you can get saved today, then you can get healed today, you can get filled with the Holy Ghost today, you can do miracles, signs, and wonders today, you can have all those things operating in your life today, because if you can get saved today, the same power that salvation is, requires is the same power that these things require. You understand? Some people don't like to agree with it because they have no experience with it, but we have lots of experience with it. We see people killed uh, weekly, daily. Um, we see, we hear prophecies, I hear God daily. It's amazing. But here's what I want to get to. We talked about Stephen and how he was bringing it into his own context. Peter brings it into his own context and explains things to this guy relevantly to him in his current day. But watch this. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, under the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Excuse me, sorry. And he arose and went, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem. So this guy's not only rich, but powerful and important. Come to Jerusalem to worship, uh, for to worship. Uh, so he came to Jerusalem to worship, which tells me that he was... He was interested in God, okay? Was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the church. So this guy is reading the scroll of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. He's reading it, okay? He has it. Wise man, well-paid, well-educated, powerful, authoritative, okay? So, and who's Philip? Philip's just a guy that God's using, right? was returning and sitting in his chariot to read the uh, the scroll of Isaiah. Then the Spirit said unto him, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran up to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. So he heard him reading and said, Understand you what you've read? In other words, have you, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? Educated, could read. Okay? This guy's not broke, but he still doesn't understand the prophecies. He doesn't understand the word of God. How can I accept some, except some man guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So he opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare this to his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth. And began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Notice he didn't say that he died and rose again. Notice he believed the truth. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the way, the method by which we believe. And then he was baptized. Okay? And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down in the water, both Philip and the eunuch. He was baptized. And when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. In short, friends, I'm telling you that just because you quote a scripture doesn't mean you believe in Jesus. Just because you say, be my Savior and my Lord, and I confess that I believe in your death and resurrection doesn't mean they actually understand it. You're just making them repeat words that you learn to say that you actually believe, but they may not understand it or believe it because they don't know the story. They don't know the resurrection and the death. You cannot just get somebody after preaching a good story about communion or a good story about fellowshipping with God does not explain the depth of that religion. 
let's take a break. We'll go to the next podcast. Hey guys, thanks for hanging with us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, hit that subscribe button and share with someone you know. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, and we will catch up with you on the next episode.